What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Calvary Tabernacle Podcast here on Spotify and iTunes. Quick heads up for you. This Sunday, August 7th at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. will be our first Sunday revival with guest evangelist Reverend Sammy Sherrill. It's going to be a phenomenal time of worship in the Word. You're not going to want to miss it, so be here, or I guess be square. But if you can't be here, don't forget to tune in and watch it on Facebook Live or our YouTube channel. Those are both at Calvary Tabernacle of Moulton. Today, we're going to be listening to our pastor, Kenneth Rogers, preach a masterpiece titled Hands Up. It's a phenomenal sermon about the power of worship and praise. So here we go. What a mighty God we serve today. Amen. Glory. I am thankful that I know the God that we serve today. Glory. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 17. I'm going to be reading verses 8 through 14. Amen. If you are turning to it in your Bibles, you might want to put your thumb there and then turn to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Amen. Great job, praise team. Thank you so much for leading us in worship and connecting us to heaven through praise and worship today. Amen. And uh, great job in Sunday school this morning. Brother McPhee did a wonderful job teaching to us about trusting in God and finding, finding our refuge and our strength in the Lord today. Aren't you glad he is a very present help in time of trouble? Amen. I'm glad he is a very present help in time of trouble. God is always there. He will, the old, old saying says, he'll, he'll stop heaven and earth for us. Amen. In fact, he, he's done that for his people. You read in the Old Testament. He, uh, the Bible says the sun stopped in the sky, but you know we, we know how the sun moves through the skies because of the rotation of the earth. So if the sun stopped in the sky, that means the earth had to stop spinning. And, uh, and in fact, in another place, talking about Hezekiah, actually, he made time go backwards. So he actually spun the earth backwards a few degrees just to prove his faithfulness and his goodness to his people. Amen. And I'm glad God is always faithful. Exodus 17, verses 8 through 14, it says, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands, held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side, the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. As long as Moses' hands were lifted, the children of Israel were victorious. When he would put his hands down, Amalek would begin to get the advantage. 
thank God for a couple of men that said we need to make sure the man of God's hands stay up. Amen. We need to make sure those hands stay up. In 2 Timothy 2 and 8, I want to read this as well from the New Testament. Paul's writing, he says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. I want to talk to us just for the next few minutes, and I, I promise I am not going to preach long today. We, we have a very busy afternoon. I want you to be in prayer for the uh, service in Russellville today. Be in prayer for Brother Mitch. He is going to be delivering the word there today. And, and uh, pray for the team that's going to be leading in worship today. Our family has been asked to, uh, to go to Hamilton this afternoon. They have a, a 2 o'clock service as well. And so we will be going to Hamilton about another 30 minutes past Russellville. So we have an hour drive as soon as we leave here to go and, uh, and, and preach in Hamilton. So, uh, so we have a, a busy afternoon today. And, uh, and I won't keep you long, but I do want to deliver the word to you today. I know we've already had a uh, word delivered. We've already soaked in the word in Sunday school today. And we praise and we worship. But I want to talk to us for the next few minutes today on this topic. Hands up hands up. Look at your neighbor and tell them, say, hands up. There's power. There's safety. Amen. There's, there's security when we put our hands up. You might say, well, that's a sign of surrender. That's a sign of giving up. Yeah, but it depends on who you're giving up to. Amen. Because when you give it up to God, come on now, when we surrender to God, when I look at God and say, my hands are up, God, take over. Amen. I'm surrendering my will. I'm surrendering my way. You're going to tap into a power like you have never imagined before. Hands up today. Talking about the power of lifted hands this morning. Let's go to God in prayer today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your blessings, Lord. Thank you for the wonderful atmosphere, the wonderful spirit that we already feel in this place today, Lord. God, I just pray that as we open your word and receive instruction and direction today that our ears would be open to hear our hearts would be open to receive lord and god just speak to us shape us mold us make us more of what you want us to be in this place today we give you praise and glory have your way in jesus name and the church said amen amen you may be seated today as long as moses's hands were lifted israel prevailed moses was israel's leader he was their mentor their role model their example he had a he had a job in the battle and his job was to keep his hands lifted up toward heaven. I want you to hear that this morning. Moses had a job in the battle. But his job was to keep his hands lifted toward heaven. What if Moses would have looked down that hill that day as his hands got heavy and he noticed that as he put his hands down how that Amalek would begin to prevail and Amalek would begin to, to, to beat the children of Israel. What if Moses in his mind would have thought, you know what, I'm not doing any good up here on this hill holding my hands up. I need to get down there in the valley and I need to get a, a sword and I need to get a, a, a shield and a spear and I need to get down there and I need to fight with them. Well, And Moses in his own mind he could have had the idea I need to go and try to fix the situation amen however 
That was not what God had called Moses to do that day. God had called Moses to stand on top of the hill, to oversee the battle, and to keep his hands lifted. Amen. I don't understand the, 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 the logic in it. I don't understand why, you know, physically and, and literally why Moses had to keep his hands up. All I know is there was something spiritually significant about Moses lifting his hands up. There was something spiritually powerful about Moses keeping his hands up. Amen. And I want to tell us something today. When we begin to look at problems in our lives, problems in our families, no doubt there were some loved ones that Moses had down there in the battlefield that day. Maybe he looked and he saw a, a cousin or, or maybe a a relative of his that might have been fighting on the battlefield that day and as he began to lower his hands he would see some Amalekite coming and, and, and getting an advantage over one of his family members and, and Moses with all the strength that he had maybe he just he, he could get those hands up to about right here and he noticed how that how that, that, that relative of his that loved one of his would, would begin to get the advantage over that Amalekite yet his hands became heavy. He could have gone down and, and tried to fix the situation and tried to fight himself, but God had called him to keep his hands lifted. God had called him to be the overseer. God had called him to be the leader. Amen. And, and I don't know what it was. Maybe there was something about them being down in the valley and being able to look up and, and see the man of God standing on that hill and, and seeing his hands lifted. And Maybe that gave them strength and they said, you know what, the man of God has his hands lifted. The man of God is, is praising God. There's a, there's a connection between heaven and earth taking place right now and that's what's given us the strength to fight the battle. But then when they look up and they see the man of God begin to lower his hands, maybe that did something to their morale and they thought the man of God's getting weak. The man of God's letting his hands down and, and maybe, maybe they begin to think, well you know we just we don't feel the strength that we feel when the man of God has his hands lifted. I want to tell you something. There's a power in lifted hands. Amen. Every mama, every daddy needs to hear what I'm having to say right now. There's a power in lifted hands because when your babies are looking and they're seeing your hands lifted they're looking and they're saying you know what mama and daddy they're tapping into something stronger than what I am. They're tapping into something stronger than, than, than what their jobs offer. They're tapping into something stronger than, than what their social clubs offer. They're tapping into something stronger than, 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 than just, just their own abilities and as long as mama and daddy have their hands up I know everything is going to be okay. I know we're going to be able to make it through this trial. We're going to be able to make it through this situation. Our family's going to be stronger as long as mama and daddy have their hands up today. Amen. There's a power in lifted hands. There's somebody watching to see if you're going to keep your hands up today. Amen. Paul says in the New Testament that it was his wish that men everywhere would overcome their anger and doubt by lifting up their hands in prayer to God. Paul understood the power of lifted hands. When we pray and when we surrender, there's a connection with heaven. We tap into the, to the power and the resources of the Almighty when our hands are up. Look at your neighbor and say, hands up. Hands up. All oh, the power in lifted hands today. There's a battle that's being fought. The enemy is trying to steal and kill and destroy our homes and our churches and our community. We have a job to do. And that job is to keep our hands lifted up in surrender to God. Amen. Our job is to make sure there's a connection between heaven and earth. Come on now. I, I, I've seen things come along and situations arise. And, and I've, 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 I know I talk to you about how well I sleep, and, and most of the time I do sleep very well at night, amen. 
But there are times when there are situations come up and, and I lay my head down on my pillow and, and, and while I've been thinking all day on how to solve this problem and how to fix this situation, I'll, I'll lay down on my pillow and for a little while I'll be sitting there thinking, what can I do? How can I fix this? How can I, how can I handle this? I'll be driving down the road and, and going to, to some appointment or some meeting or, or something I have to do. And the whole time I'm, I'm driving, I'm thinking, how can I fix this? How can I, how can I solve this problem? How can, I, how can I overcome this situation? And, and, and just, you know, inevitably it always hits me that, that God speaks and, and not audibly, you know. I mean, I really haven't had to, I've only had that happen to me once in my life. And it doesn't happen very often, but, but, but God just impresses upon my heart and speaks to my heart and says, Hey, you just do what you're supposed to do. I've got you covered. Amen. And then I start realizing, you know, all the scenarios I could work out on how to fix this problem. All the scenarios I could work out on, on how, to, how to solve this situation. It, it, it's all going to, there's so many different variables. It could end so badly with every plan that I have and every path that I want to take. But you know what? I know that God is going to fix it exactly like it needs to be fixed. So all I've got to do is just throw my hands up and say, okay, God, I'm surrendering this situation to you. I'm surrendering this problem to you. God, I need you to fix it. I need you to work on it, Lord. God, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I'm just going to throw my hands up and say, God, you take care of it. Amen? We have a job to do, and that's to keep our hands lifted. When you think about the various reasons to raise our hands, you think about all the scenarios in life where it is required or it is expected that we lift our hands in, in, a, in a court or if you were to be elected to an office or certain jobs that you may be hired to do, you would be required to take an oath, take an oath of office or take an oath to, to, to promise or to affirm to tell the truth. And One of the things that you're required to do is you're required to raise your right hand, amen, to raise that, that hand that signals strength, amen, and, and, and um, the reason for that is that, that, they, that, that the court wants to know, everybody wants to know that, that, that you're being honest, that you're not trying to hide something, that you don't have a, a weapon hid away somewhere, that you're not sticking your fingers in your pocket and secretly crossing your fingers, you know. Let me take you back to second grade, amen. Well, I, yeah, I know I said that, but I had my fingers crossed, right? You know what? When you take an oath, you got to raise your hand, and, and they got to make sure your fingers aren't crossed, that, that you're, that you're going to be honest about what you're saying and honest about what you're doing amen because there's a power in the significance of of raising that hand amen the same is true when we when we meet somebody we extend our hand toward them our our right hand in fact we extend that hand of power to them so that they know hey I am not a threat I don't have a weapon I'm not reaching for a knife I'm not reaching for a gun I'm not reaching for a sword or something to harm you with I'm extending my my right hand to you and because I'm welcoming you into my presence I, I want you to know I'm not a threat Amen. I want you to know that, that, that we're on good terms right now. That's the power of, of that extended hand. Amen. Hands held in the pockets or, or behind the back many times will, will cause someone to, whether you acknowledge it or, or understand it or not, there's something psychological that happens that when somebody walks up to you with their hands in their pocket, there's, there's a, it, it causes us to, 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 to go on guard because we don't know what they have in their hands, right? When you see someone walking up with their with their hand behind their back and and uh, you, you just you wonder what what do they have back there right 
Now, that might just be the way they walk around. They might just walk around with their, with their fingers, you know, in their belt. And that might be what's comfortable to them. But, but it causes us to wonder, hey, what are they reaching for? Amen? Because there's a surrender. There's a sign. There's a reason why we show our hands. There's a reason why we extend our hands. Amen? It's been said before, and I've mentioned this before, that, that sometimes the folded arms... Could, could be a sign. It's not always a sign. Some people are just, you know, comfortable sitting with their arms folded. There are times in my life where, where I'll, I'll walk up or I'll be in a situation, Sister Annie Mae sitting there with her arms folded. Amen? And uh, it's because sometimes it's comfortable. You know, I just, I want somewhere, I don't have an armrest, but I've got a built-in armrest right here. And I'll just rest my arms right there on my built-in armrest. Amen? And, uh, but but it, it could be said and it could be taken. And, and, and sometimes it, it actually happens that if we don't want to hear what's being said or if we don't want to, if we don't want to be social or we want to close ourselves up, many times we'll just we'll fold our arms, right? And that's, that's kind of the, the psychological sign of it is when I, when I fold my arms, I, I'm, I'm distancing myself from you. I'm cutting myself off from you. I, I really don't want to hear what you have to say right now, and I don't want you coming trying to shake my hand. That's why I'm folding my arms and hiding my hands here, right? And, uh, but but there's, there's something happens when we release that and when we open our arms. That's a, that's a welcoming, Amen. In fact, if you're, if you're trying to uh, pet a dog even, and you, you want that dog to come to you, you don't go to that dog with a closed fist. Because even that dog knows, hey, that fist right there, that could pop me in the nose. You open that hand. In fact, you'll open it this way, and you'll turn it over this way. You'll allow that dog to sniff your hand. A horse is the same way. Some of our, our horse people in here, you're going to go up to that horse with, a, with an open hand and an extended hand to show them you are not a threat. You're just trying to, to help them. You're trying to connect with him. That's one of the reasons we raise our hands. In school, you remember when you were in school, if, you had a, if the teacher asked a question, what were you supposed to do? Raise your hand if you knew the answer. Amen? How many of you know the answer today? Amen? I, I remember back in the day, uh, Carmen was a, was a Christian music singer. and he was, he was my favorite for a long time. Amen? And, and he had this song that he sang. And in, in the middle of it, he would go into this little ad-lib speaking part. And he'd say, he'd say, the world wonders why we raise our hands in church. He said, well, when I was in school, if you knew the answer, you raised your hands. And how many of you know the answer in here tonight? Why don't you raise your hands? And, and so, you know, I'm sure everybody in that, I was listening to it. I wasn't watching it. But everybody would be raising their hands hands, right? Because we know the answer today. There's a power in raised hands. There's a power in lifted hands. Amen? In a classroom setting, again, if we want to get noticed or if we have a question or need permission for something, now I don't know if it's that way in classrooms today or not, but at least I may be speaking my age now, but from what I understand, classrooms are a little different today than what they used to be. Sister Lindsay's a substitute. Sister McPhee, she, she, she's, she's teaching. And some of you others, you, you're, in, you're in classrooms a little more than I am. I, are, they, are they not requiring kids to raise their hand when they need something today? You still require it? Do, do, you still require Okay, all right. Well, I, I've seen some and kind of heard some things where, you know, if, if a kid needs to go to the bathroom, they just say, hey, i got to go to the bathroom. Or, or they just get up and go, or if they have a question, hey, hey, Miss So-and-so, I got a question. Well, when I was in school, we had to, actually, when I was in school, uh, my, my high school years, we, we had to raise our flag. 
Brother Don, amen, he knows all about that, right? We were in ACE school, and, and we, were, we, we faced the, the wall in our little cubicle, our little office, and, and if we wanted something, we didn't sit there with our hand raised, we raised the flag. But, but everybody understands if you need something, you raise your hand, right? If you have a question, you need to raise your hand. If you need permission, you raise your hands, amen? And while we do not raise our hands to get noticed by other people, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of His people. Come on now. God inhabits the praises of His people. And if the lifted hand is, a, is an outward sign of praise, amen, you know what I, I want to do? I want to be willing to lift my hands and say, Lord, I praise you. Amen? In the Old Testament, they'd offer what they call a wave offering. They'd take what they brought and they'd begin to wave it before God. And when I lift my hands, I want to get God's attention. Now, I know He's there at the very mention of His name. Amen? I know that He hears the cry of my heart. Amen? But there's also a power in those physical expressions. Amen? There's a power when we begin to lift our hands. You know why? Because I want God to know, hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm surrendering to you. I'm, I'm praising you, Lord. I need your presence, so I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to exalt you. You're going to be number one in my life. I, I'm not a threat. I, I'm surrendering. I'm giving up to you, God, because I need you here right now, God. I've got questions, Lord. I just need something today, and I want to lift my hands and let you know it, God. Now, I'm not trying to be mean this morning, but how many of y'all like the, like the sign that's out there? Did y'all read the sign when you came in today? Isn't that a powerful message? Brother Joe's doing a great job keeping the messages on the sign out there. Amen? Have you, have you prayed about it more than you complain about it? Boy, that'll convict every single one of us in here, won't it? Amen? But, but going right along with those lines, in school we're taught to raise our hands before speaking. Amen? To wait until you're called on to speak. Raise your hands. Perhaps, now listen, I, I know we, we're all positive and you're feeling good today. Well, well just, just listen. You'll get through this right here. Maybe this will help somebody. Amen? But perhaps we should remember that before just opening our mouths and letting whatever fly out, we should raise our hands and surrender to God for a little while and then speak. Amen? Raise our hands a little bit before we start blurting out what we think the answers are. Amen? Raise our hands a little bit before we just start blurting out what we think needs to be done and, and how we think it needs to happen, how we think it needs to take place. I need to spend some time. You know, men everywhere, praying everywhere, lifting holy hands without wrath and doubting, letting God work on my attitude before I speak. Amen. That's one reason why we, we, we encourage it, and, 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 and I feel like it's a requirement, but that before we stand behind this podium, before we stand behind this pulpit and deliver the word, before this praise team comes and, and opens their mouth to, to sing God's praises, and before we open our mouth to speak and to teach, we, we, we need to spend some time in prayer. Amen. We need to spend some time with our with our hands up. We need to spend some time in surrender to God before I open my mouth and say what I think needs to be said. I want to hear the voice of God and know what He wants me to say. Can you say amen today? Amen? Psalm 134 and 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. We raise our hands when we get excited about something. We raise our hands when we get excited about something. 
Now, some of you in your previous life, y'all might have been in a in a place, or I, I, you know, I've, I've I've seen videos and stuff before, but. Somebody would be up trying to hype your crowd up, you know, and getting ready for a concert or in a concert or something like that. Well, what do they, what do they want you to do? They want you to lift your hands up and, and, and push, right? What are you doing? Raise the roof, right? Lift it up, right? Because you know why? Because they're excited. And there's something about lifting the hands that makes us excited, right? I, I saw something the other day, one of these, uh, I don't know, Facebook, one of those videos that pops up on my social media every once in a while, and, and, and they, they look kind of funny, so I'll click on it to watch it. And, and it said something about, um, something about old people dancing. And one of the requirements when an old person dances is they always have to use their hands. I don't know any other way to dance than to use my hands, right? I mean, if, I, if I'm dancing, you know, I'm, I'm doing this right here. Now, I, I don't go dancing or anything, but around the house and stuff. And that's why my kids look at me and say, you an old fogey right there, amen? Because I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I dance with my hands more than I dance with my feet. I don't have a whole lot of rhythm in my feet. I guess that's why I'm a drummer, right? But I get excited. I want to use my hands, amen? When, when, uh, when, when you're on the, the, the field of competition and you do something well, what do you do? You, you give somebody... You don't go give somebody a low five. You give somebody a high five, right? I mean, the high five is what you do out of excitement, amen? And, and, and all of that. But, but, but what, what happens in a, in a stadium when they want to they hype the crowd up and boost the crowd up? They'll, they'll start on one side, and if it's, a, if it's all the way around, they'll start over here, and they'll have people do something all the way around. What do they do? They stand up and lift their hands. They call it the wave, Right? And that's, that's the coolest thing to watch. I mean, you're in a big stadium. We've been at NAYC, and, and kind of before the service starts, there'll be a big crowd gathered, and they'll, they'll start on one side and, and just start doing the wave all the way around the stadium at, at NAYC. Well, that, that'll get you pumped up, right? You know why? Because there's something about raising your hands. Amen? I can't think of anything more excited about to get a... To, I can't think of anything to get more excited about than the praise of God and the praise that he's worthy to receive today. Amen? I might get excited on the ball field and want to give somebody a high five. I might get excited when, 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 they're, when they're doing the wave. I might get excited when, when, when my favorite song comes on the radio and you know it makes me want to, want to move a little bit. But I tell you what, there is nothing that excites me more than knowing what God has done for me. So who am I that when I walk into a service, when I hear songs of praise going, who am I to say, no, God, I'm just going to keep my hands down here. Amen? Who am I to be so sophisticated that I just, I can't move around and I can't lift my hands? Who am I? Come on now. To say, I don't need to lift my hands and surrender to God. I've got it all figured out. Oh, no, God God has done so much for me. Amen. He deserves for me to lift my hands and throw some praise His way. He deserves for me to lift my hands and, and show Him that I'm surrendering to Him and I'm giving Him the praise that He so greatly deserves today. Continuing on with the same theme of sports, and I, I promise you I'm not going to keep you very much longer. Officials raise their hands. To indicate a score. When I played basketball, and uh, when you know when you're watching basketball, there's an indication that the official will give when a basket is made. If it's worth more than the usual two points, that official is going to raise both of his hands, indicating that you didn't just get two points for that shot; you got. Three points for that shot. Amen? 
And there's a line that you have to be behind to, to, to make that three-pointer. And, the, the, and the, the, the scorekeeper knows if that official doesn't raise his hands, it's only two points because you must have had your foot on the line or you must have been in front of the line. Amen. But if that official raises his hands and indicates, yes, that's a three-pointer, it's good. Amen. Then the crowd goes wild. Then everybody gets excited. Why? Because that three-pointer has been made. Amen. In the, on the football field, when a touchdown is scored, when a field goal is good, you'll watch that official. Both of those hands go up. It's not just one hand. It's Go up, amen. And the crowd goes crazy when that score is made, amen. Other sports where, where the hands go up, it indicates a score, it, it, it indicates a win, amen. When I think about that, and you, you'll have to pardon me, you know, my, my brain works a little differently than everybody else's. But, but I have to imagine, and, and, and I've been, I've been in, in places before, you know, I guess I'll be, I'll be carnal today, amen. We all know we love to watch Alabama football, don't we? We'll be in somebody's living room, and and uh, and and we'll be watching Alabama football, and and if if Alabama scores a touchdown, you know what we all do? Raise our hands, yeah. And somebody asks, "What just happened? What are you going to do?" A touchdown was made, right? If, if a field goal is made, and you know, sadly, we we don't get to you know enjoy that very much as Alabama fans, but we're thankful when we do. Amen. But when the field goal is made, and somebody well, didn't make it. Oh, yeah. You, you raise your hand to indicate to everybody in the living room, yeah, they made it, right? I don't know if you Auburn fans respond the same way or not, but, uh, but I'm, I'm sure you can relate. Just relate however you want to, amen, but anyway. <laughs> love, love y'all, amen, love y'all, love y'all. <laughs> love y'all. Anyway, we'll, we'll have Brother Peacock in here in a few months, and you'll, you'll understand what I'm doing there, amen. But, uh, but, but, but i got to get back to my message here, you know, but... Anyway, when you, when you think about what happens in heaven, come on now, just being fun this morning. When you think about what happens in heaven, the Bible says when one sinner repents, what happens? The angels in heaven rejoice, right? The angels in heaven rejoice. Now, I, I, I'm here in, in, in my mind. I don't know how y'all see it in your mind. You, you might see, you know, all the angels in heaven. They're sitting in a, you know, in, with theater seating and this massive screen up, you know, in the, in, in the background. And, and they're watching the church service and they're watching somebody, you know, God's got all these camera angles and he's focused on the one that's under conviction. And they're all wondering, is he going to go? Is he going to go? Is he going to, is he going to go to the altar? Is he going to repent? And they're all sitting there and, and, uh, and, 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 and finally he gets up and he starts moving and they're all getting on the edge of their seat and, and, and finally he makes it to the altar and, and he's crying out to God God forgive me and, and then all those angels in heaven as he, as he bows down to start repenting they're all going yeah The Bible says they all rejoice. That's, that's kind of the way. I don't know how y'all see it. Maybe they're all just here watching, amen, or, or whatever. But, but I, I guess we'll, in heaven we'll, we'll learn how it happens, amen. But, but that's kind of the way I see it. And, and one angel goes, is he going to do it? Is he going to go? Is he going to make it? And they all go, yeah, he made it. It's good, right? power of the lifted hand, the power of rejoicing. When we get excited, we start throwing our hands up, amen. When we think about the power of the lifted hand. Lifting our hand means I give up. I surrender. If, if you were in a situation where you were committing a crime, amen, 
I won't look at anybody today. I don't know anybody who's here committed a crime. Or if you're in a situation where a crime has just been committed near where you've been, right? And the police show up. And they have their guns pulled. And if you don't want to be confused with the criminal, or maybe you are the criminal and you don't want it to go any further, what are you going to be instructed to do? I'm going to, somebody's been there before apparently, amen. <laughs> but the first thing I'm going to have to do is show my hands, right? I'm going to have to lift my hands up, probably even get on the ground, amen? But I'm going to have to surrender. I'm going to have to show my hands, amen? When I come to God and I start feeling the convicting power of God in my life and I start feeling God drawing me to a place of repentance and I start feeling God wanting to change my life, I have a... I have different paths I could take. I've got choices I can make. Amen. I can continue to sit there with my hands down, stick my hands in my pocket. I can fold my hands, right? I can make all of these gestures to, to try to avoid what God is wanting to do in my life. And I have a right to do that. I mean, I, I could do that. I can, I can just push God away and say, no, God, I'm not ready or not right now or, or I, you know, I don't want to hear what you have to say or, or whatever. I, I can do that, and that's going to take me down one path. But I promise you the path that you want to go down is the one where when you feel in God moving in your life, where you just begin to open up to God's presence. Amen. You begin to lift, lift those hands. You begin to open those hands up. You begin to surrender to God. Maybe even get on the ground. Amen. Maybe even get down and surrender to God. and Get on your knees and begin to, 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 to give yourself as a, as a living sacrifice to God. Just letting God know I have no weapons. I'm not a threat. Lord, I give up. Amen. Psalm 28 and 2. The psalmist wrote it like this. Hear the voice of my supplication. When I cry unto thee. When I lift my hands toward thy holy oracle. The best thing we can do in life is surrender to God. It's not a human nature. It's not human nature to give up. Amen. However, we must give up our wills and our desire to God. A drowning person or someone who has fallen into a hole must hold up their hands so the rescuers can grab hold. Amen. Someone who has found themselves in a situation that they can't get out of and they need help, they need to extend their hands to where the help is coming from. Can you say amen today? In closing this morning, Psalm 63, 1 through 4, David's writing here, he says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. There really is power when we lift our hands up today. Amen. Whether it's in victory, whether it's in celebration, whether it's to ask a question, or whether it's surrender, we should be ready and willing to lift up our hands today. Like Moses, there may be others who are depending on us to lift our hands up. Amen?
There may be a father that needs to keep his hands lifted so the battle will be won in his home. There may be a mother that needs to keep her hands up for those lost children that she's been praying for today. God told Moses in Exodus 17, verse 14, The Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. What God is telling Moses to do here is, He said, Moses, as you train Joshua, now, I want to talk to every, every parent that's here today, everyone who has an influence on someone that's either younger than you or maybe you have an influence on someone that you're, you're leading into God's house. And maybe you're teaching a Bible study to them. Maybe you're, you're witnessing to them. You're being a, a mentor to someone. God said to Moses, he said, I want you to write this in a book. And I want you to rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. What that means is every chance that you get, Moses, I want you to remind Joshua of that time when he was on the battlefield and you were on the hill with your hands lifted. Because it won't be too long, Joshua, that you're going to be the leader. You're going to be the one in authority. Amen? And you think about Joshua, and I know it didn't happen the exact same way, but, but when you think about Joshua and how God told him to fight the battle of Jericho, that was a strange situation, right? How are we going to fight without our weapons? How are we going to fight with, with, with articles and instruments of praise? How are we going to fight just, just lifting up praise at the, at the end of that seventh day after we've marched around the seventh time? How in the world is that going to work? Well, Joshua had heard it re rehearsed in his ears over and over again about the power of lifted hands about Moses keeping his hands up and the battle being won. Amen? So Joshua didn't have a problem telling the people, you keep your mouth shut. We're not worried about what you can do. We're not worried about what you have to say. We're not worried about your opinions and your thoughts. We're going to listen to what God has to say. And it may seem unconventional to just praise Him, but God has a plan. Amen? And Joshua was able to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And, and that first battle that they would fight, they would see walls come down. Why? By the power of praise. Amen. By the power of obedience. And I happen to believe that as they began to praise, their hands probably didn't stay by their side. Their hands probably weren't tucked in their pocket. But when they began to praise, their hands were probably lifted to God in surrender. Their hands were lifted to God in praise. Especially when they saw those walls start cracking, crackling and, and crumbling down. They began to praise God and won the victory all the more that day. Amen? Some mama, some daddy needs to remind your babies of what God does when we surrender to Him. Of how God brings the peace that passes all understanding. Amen? Somebody that you're witnessing to needs to know how that God moves when we begin to lift our hands, when we surrender to Him in praise and in prayer today. It's important for us to remind the next generation of the power of having our hands up. It's important that we testify to our children about the power of God. There's another 
powerful illustration in this story of, of two men named Aaron and Hur. How would you like to be a man named Hur? It's H-U-R instead of H-E-R if you're wondering. Amen. But Aaron and Hur had gone up to that hill with Moses. And, and they're the ones that began to notice that when Moses would lower his hands, the enemy would begin to win. But as long as he kept his hands up, the good guys were winning. Amen? So you know what Aaron and Hur did? Aaron and Hur made it possible for Moses to keep his hands up, even when he didn't have the strength. Isn't it amazing how, I don't know if you've prayed in the altar for a long time with your hands up and Maybe it was when you were seeking the Holy Ghost and you were just, you know, seeking and praying and had your hands up. And, and, and it doesn't take too long, Brother Mario, for those hands to get real heavy, doesn't it? And, and I don't know why it is. I'm, I'm not doing anything, right? It's not like I'm doing any work. I'm just holding my hands up. But eventually they get real heavy. They get real tired. Aaron and her noticed that about Moses, that his hands started getting heavy. And it was difficult for him to keep his own hands up. So you know what they did? They went and got a rock for him to sit on. And one got on one side, one got on the other. And they put his hands in their hands. I don't know if they put their shoulders under his hands or, or how they did it, but however they did it, they made sure that his hands stayed up. If you look around and you start seeing somebody and they're going through situations in their life and it just seems like they're having trouble keeping their hands up. They're having trouble maintaining that, that, that fellowship with God. They're having trouble maintaining their worship. Maybe God's going to lay it on somebody like Aaron and her, somebody in here today, to go and connect with somebody else and say, hey, let me remind you of the power of keeping your hands up. Maybe there's some encouragers in the building that can, that can encourage somebody and say, hey, you've you got to keep your hands up. You've got to stay surrendered to God. You've got to keep that connection with God. There's power in those lifted hands. There's power when you have your hands up. Come on now. All through the New Testament, we see that. We, we're reminded of that over and over again. Paul says, if you see somebody struggling, those that are spiritual, go and start doing some restoration. Go and start rebuilding. Go and start encouraging. Amen? He said, God has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. You know what that means? That means when we see our brother and sister start lowering their hands, we know their hands are getting tired. We know what they've been going through. We know that, that, that it's, it's getting tough on You know what we got to do? We've got a responsibility to go and, and get beside them and say, hey, let me help you keep your hands up because there's power in lifted hands. Amen? Why don't we all stand this morning? Paul, one more time, Paul said in 1 Timothy 2 and 8, he says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. What an example of the picture of when we lift our hands. Paul says lifting holy hands. Now, what makes those hands holy? It's what they're being used for that makes them holy. Amen? There, there, there's a saying in the, that's kind of popular right now. It's, you know, it's a, it's a fighting term. It says, I'm gonna, what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to throw hands, right? Now, there, 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 there's one way to lift hands, right? Paul says, no, I, want you, I don't want you lifting spiteful hands. 
I don't want you lifting vengeful hands. I don't want you lifting uh, resentful hands. I want you lifting holy hands. Amen? And when those hands are lifted in surrender to God, that's lifting holy hands. When those hands are lifted as a, as a sign of I need God's presence, all of a sudden those hands go from, from being something dirty and something filthy to being something holy that can overcome wrath and doubt, that can overcome anger and unfaithfulness. Amen? Why don't we do that all across this place? Why don't we just begin to lift up holy hands unto the Lord? Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week's Calvary Tabernacle podcast. Wasn't that a phenomenal message on worship we just heard from our pastor, Kenneth Rogers? Make sure to visit our website, calvarytabernaclemolten.com, where you can connect with us and follow us on social media. And make sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found any value in the show, please leave us a rating on iTunes or just tell a friend about it. That would really help us out. And if you like this show, you might want to check out our YouTube or Facebook page where we live stream every service. Maybe even join us in person sometime. I know that everyone here at Calvary Tabernacle and Moulton, myself included, would love to meet you and spend time getting to know you. Services are every Sunday at 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And don't forget that this Sunday, August 7th, we are having our first Sunday revival at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. with guest speaker Sammy Sherrill. It's going to be a phenomenal, life-changing time. Don't miss it. And be sure to turn in next week for our next episode. Thank you and God bless. See you around.